How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to a special playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday, brought to you by the Vinyl Outlet. The best for fences, decks, porches, and rails. 675-0800. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Nick Geary has the day off. Zach Jones hanging out along with you for the next hour or so. Program note. I forgot Jalen Hurts in my ranking for quarterbacks. I put it on Twitter. I just want to make it clear on air now. He would be put between Herbert and Lawrence. Okay. I got I got too caught up into like talking about no, them. You know why? It's because you have two dudes for the Ravens and the number looked right. It did. It did. So you're like, how many teams are there in the playoffs? I got that number of quarterbacks. I'm good. But because you put two Ravens in there. I know. And both aren't good. They're both not good. They were number 13. I didn't even have 10 in there. Nope. Just absolutely. Again, nothing but professionals You only forgot here. the quarterback for the number one yeah. seed in the NFC. It's okay. Nothing but professionals here. That's right. We're going to flip the table a little bit, though, and go over to the hockey side of things, where we have Chad Dinaminisis of Expected Buffalo hanging out on the Western Hotline. Chad, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing all right. You know, the, the Sabres, Chad, I, that's... <laughs> I, I feel like a disappointed father at times. I am both incredibly proud of them, and then just the flip of a dime, I am like, how could you do this to our family? What, what's been going on the last three games? The scoring's a bit down. The, I, the goaltender, whatever you want to call it, situation, mu- musical chairs. What, what are you making of all that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, overall, it's pretty much the mark of, you know, when you have the youngest team in the league, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have some ebbs and flows, some ups and downs, some good and bad. And, you know, it's, it's easy to get latched on when you, you know, have a 15-game run where, you know, they win, like, what, nine or ten of them. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's easy to overreact the other way when you have a three-game losing streak here. But, you know, it, it, it's the ebbs and flows of any two-game season, not only for a young team, uh, but for teams in general, and, and that happens. So, yeah, and it's particularly – easy to kind of hit these ups and downs when you're a team of the favors that are so reliant on their finishing ability. So, you know, you're not going to have 82 straight games where you're finishing at, you know, scoring four to five goals a game. There's going to be some games where it goes down. You're going to hit some hot goalies. Uh, today with Grubauer and they did with um, Hellebuck on Thursday. And, oh, by the way, you're going to run into UC Saros tonight. So it's not going to be easy from that regard either. So, I don't think anything they'd be overly concerned about. Um, they're still generating offense, um, you know, at a decent quality over the last three games. Uh, besides Philadelphia wasn't great, but that was just an overall bad game. But in Seattle and even against Winnipeg, they were still generating offense. They had opportunities. 
just ran into goalies that had saves, made saves, and that's kind of the way it goes for you sometimes. But I think the main thing now that really you know has to be the sticking point for them is you kind of you, you got to get this back under control. I uh, can't get to four to five to six. Like you, you can't have those because I don't know if they can survive another long losing streak and have any ideas of at least staying in this playoff race. So. It's okay to lose a few, but you gotta kind of nip in the butt here. Well, that was, that was going to kind of be my next question too. I mean, like I, I think they're still somewhat in the middle of this playoff race. It's it's been a tough oh, week, sure. but I mean they've got a ton of games coming up. I, I think they basically have the same schedule for the next two weeks, where it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Saturday, yep, yep. But for this week, I mean, you mentioned the goaltending names, but really for this week, did they just go up against better goalies who just were on their head? playing out of out of their souls basically i mean at hollebuck for winnipeg chad i don't know about you that was the most frustrating game i've watched all year where it's just it felt like how have they not scored five or six they seem to be all over winnipeg and he just was making it felt like save after save after save and they almost had to like will a puck in after like 15 minutes of trying it it was so frustrating yeah i mean he's just He's frustrating to watch when you play against him because he also makes it all look so easy. Mm-hmm. So you sit there and you're watching, like they're not even like, making him work for anything because he's so calm and he's so big too. Like everything just hits him, deflection, screens, like it's, you know, and and that's just the way Hellebuck is. Even at the end of the game where the puck went in the air, like oh they're going to do it, they're going to tie in the final seconds. No, it like it hits his leg as he's dragging it back and keeps the puck from crossing the line. Like it's, you know, sometimes you got to be a little bit lucky too, but. You know, Hellebuck, you know, for a position that's so up and down and consistent like goaltending, he's been one of those goalies that consistently, year in, year out, without fail, is one of the top five goaltenders in the league every single season. Um, and that's just the way it is. And then Grubauer is just, I don't know, he's not having a great year, and you kind of you got him on a good night, and that's unfortunate. And then Aronson earlier in the earlier in the week is, I don't know, I mean, he's, believe it or not, he's had some really good games for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. You know, he he also made it look kind of easy too. Um, I, I think it was an easier night than Hellebuck had, but um, yeah. And, and, and again, we'll see how things go with Staros tonight because he's an extremely good goalie too. It's going to be a tough road. I mean, but like, like I'm I'm glad we're at this point though, because for years it felt like we were somewhat playing or watching meaningless hockey, where it was just like, let's just get to the draft, let's just start getting more prospects in. Who cares? The team's not good. Like I I do absolutely prefer where we're at now. I think everyone does. But some of the performers, though, that have, even in this, yeah, I'll call it a losing streak, through these last three games, like Rasmus Dahlin, he started the season off in exceptional form. And now, I mean, five points against Minnesota, two against Seattle, one against Winnipeg. Like, what do you make of Dahlin's performances as as we get closer to the All-Star break? Yeah, he's. He's definitely taken that next step from where it was last season when he started to play this well at the at the second half of last year, and then you know he's been that player the entire year this year. Um, legitimately, you know, it's unfortunate because I think some guys like maybe Thompson and Darlene, um won't might not get the votes they deserve for some awards because of maybe where they're going to finish. Uh, but I think Darlene's is definitely a player that's right in that Norris conversation, uh, not only from a point production, which really shouldn't be a Norris thing, but it's his, you know, defensive game as well. Um, you know, his underlying numbers are really good throughout the entire season, uh, and the team just creates more offense when he's on the ice. So, you know, he's he's been everything you've asked for. He's turned into that player that you thought you were getting in 2018 when you drafted him first overall, and, and that's super exciting and things to be excited about because now now you have that 
cornerstone defensemen. And oh, by the way, you know, we have a bunch of powers. And maybe you kind of have two cornerstone defensemen. Mm-hmm. And then you have that, you know, legitimate top six center now in Thompson and, you know, the young pieces that are coming around that. So you got your core, you got your main pieces here. Um, it's just really now kind of filling around, you know, the perimeter. And then, of course, still figuring out what's, what, what you're going to do in goal. You mentioned power. What have you made of his performances throughout the year? He hasn't scored a goal yet. He's got a few assists, but it, it feels like to me, at least watching him, he just feels like a grizzled vet. Like it, it feels like he's 28 years old, very calm. I makes mistakes, of course. I think he's 19 still, 20 years old. Yeah. But what have you made of him so far? In, in really his first real run of the NHL, he played I think what six games last year. I think it was like eight. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been extremely good. Um, I hope that one at some point it doesn't get to a, a points versus underlying stats argument that it turns into because what he does for that team when he's on the ice is hard to really kind of put into words. I mean, you can see it when you watch the game too, but you know, if you look, just look at a counting stats production standpoint, like, well, you know, the, the, the production itself isn't really there, but it's not that it's so much beyond that, um, that, that he can do. Uh, the way he keeps the play going, the way he pinches down on the walls, the way he gets the puck back in the offensive zone, the way he starts the rushes up the ice with his passing, the moves he makes in the neutral zone. Like it's all so much that at some point, you know, it doesn't project onto the score sheet, which is it is what it is kind of thing. And and I, and I don't think it's ever going to be a major, you know, goal scorer like Dallin. That's not really his game. I, I think maybe more of the assists will come, um, and and that'll increase his point production overall. But uh, he's been impressive. He's been really good. He's really important for them. A key player, only 19 years old to be doing this, you know, is is really exciting to see. Now, now we have to see how the next few years goes because you look at a lot of a lot of these guys like Dallin and Quinn Hughes and, and even kind of McCarr to an extent, you know, in that second year, you have a little bit of a dip there, or maybe even in year three. So you got to watch these defensemen because you know he could have a great rookie season, and maybe we see a little bit of a dip next year, but that's okay. I mean, that's you know, adjusting to the game, and that's, you know, kind of what happens and what we'll have to do. But, you know, to have those two guys being able to play essentially for the next 10 years, you know, 40 minutes of a game, um, the Sabres are, are in a great spot with, with that defensively. You, you were mentioning point production, and one player that, to me, I, I almost feel bad that he is like the fifth or sixth story on this young Sabres team, but Dylan Cousins recently mm-hmm. – already has surpassed his point total from last year. He played in 79 games last year, 38 points. He's played in 40 this year and at 39 points. For me, at least personally, I always saw Cousins as maybe topping out around 65 points, just being more of a grinder, a a guy that was a fan favorite but really wouldn't light up the the stat sheet. What do you make of of this year for him? And and I don't don't know how you feel about or how you felt about Cousins long-term before this year, but where are you sitting at with him now? Yeah, I've always been... Um, a big fan of Cousins. You know, I've seen it there, and one of the things I've told people the last few years watching him is there was a lot of turnovers in his game, but I, I think it was him trying to understand, you know, what would work in this league in terms of, you know, he, he's a rush player, right? It's like he's to go get with speed and attack the game with speed, and that's what he does. And I think over the first year or two of his career, it was a lot of trying to figure out and understand what he could get, get away with, what he could pull off, and, and learning those lessons. And I think this year we're seeing that he's understood that. He's he's taken that next step. And I think a few guys on this team have taken that step to understand that for a team that wants to be a rush team and an attack on, you know, you know, with speed. Um, I think they had to learn a couple of lessons last year and I think they've done that. And 
Now, Cousins himself, he's always had the talent. He has the speed. He it, it, he has a better shot than he would use, and it's good to see that he's shooting more this year because uh, when he does shoot, they're usually nice goals. He beats the goals under clean because he has a pretty impressive shot that he didn't really use that much so this year in the past. So it's good to see that. Um, they need to get him, not only him, I think that, you know, I would assume the Quinn, Paterka, Cousins lines back together tonight. Uh, I think that line needs to get going again because without them, it, it kind of turns into a top-heavy team. Uh, now, thankfully, that Yost line with Middlestad Olsen has been going from the last few games to kind of uh, help, so that's good. But if you can really get to a point where you have all three of those lines going at the same time, um, you know that can make for a really dangerous group. And if you get those three going at the same time, then, um, then they, they can definitely start stacking some wins again here. You, you mentioned the kids' line with, with Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka. They've been subject now to the the goaltender rotation and, and someone being loaned out to Rochester and then coming back. They were healthy scratches for much of this week. What's going on with them? I mean, they're still two of the more exciting players on the Sabres. I think they, they do get butts in seats because people like the young talent. But they have very much had ebb and flows to this season. Are they more hitting a rookie wall this at this point in the season, or, or, or are there more underlying issues that you want to see fixed? No, I think it's the, the same thing around um, you know a power conversation that maybe we had. It's, uh, it's younger players. I mean, the team overall, I mean, you're going to get these ups and downs, ups and flows, and I, I think it was a good thing to set them down for a few games. You remember, these are two kids that have – they're not used to that 82 game schedule of the NHL. Like they played a lot of games in Rochester last year, but it's, it's, it's bunched. It's like a Wednesday, Thursday, like Saturday or Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or like maybe it's even a Wednesday, Saturday. Sometimes we're here. You're playing three, four times a week. There's travel. There's going to here, going to there. Then you got practice. It's, it's a whole different flow of an NHL season and kind of the wear and tear that it puts on you. Uh, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I think it's good to get them, sit them down, um, let them kind of reset a little bit. And then, you know, you've lost a few games here and you need them to get back in and you need them to start being what they were again, uh, using their speed, playing with skill, attacking the net. That's the one thing I think Quinn particularly, we've stopped seeing, we've stopped seeing him attack the net and it could be a fatigue thing. He doesn't think he has the legs. So he's not trying to challenge defensemen. He's looking to make that pass, and it's getting picked off more often than not. So if he feels better with his energy, um, you know, and stronger in his legs, then maybe we start seeing him attacking the net again and starting to pull off, you know, those those plays that we saw, you know, a, a month ago in that line. Well, legitimately, you can make an argument for the best in hockey. So um, hopefully we, we start to see them going again. You mentioned that third line. A little bit ago, Tyson Jost, Casey Middlestat, Victor Olofsson. I think for a lot of Sabres fans, I, I would throw myself in there as well. Casey Middlestat and Victor Olofsson almost felt like placeholders for the eventual arrival of Yuri Kulich, Matthew Savoy, and, and others. I mean, Noah Ostland, I think, had two goals last night where he's playing right now. I mean, what have you seen from them performances? Because Olofsson seems to be putting the goals in the net, and Casey Middlestat, he hasn't looked awful, and then Tyson Jost as well. Looks very impressive. You mentioned it yourself. I mean, so what are you seeing from that third line? I mean, they're not what the kids' line was, but they do seem to be a yeah. bright spot right now. Yeah, they're, they're all going. I mean, full marks to Adam and his front Adams in his front office on that Yost pickup. I mean, that's. I didn't think there was a lot there based in his career. I kind of thought you were getting like an, a, another version of middle set essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been more than that. Uh, he looks motivated. Uh, he's been really good for them. Really good, and so full marks them for that, and good for him. 
uh, for finding a spot here. And maybe this system fits him well because he can use his speed, and then he's also a good forechecker too. He's tenacious on the wall. He attacks pucks, you know, gets on defenders, and uh, we've seen that. So I, I think the where he is right now is a good spot. He's not on a team. He didn't come to a team like Colorado, even maybe Minnesota, where you expected more of an offensive flair from him as a you know former 10th overall pick. So I think this is kind of a good spot for him, and I think he's comfortable in the role that he's in. Uh, and for Middlestat, yeah, he's still, a, for me, a frustrating player in the sense that there's nights, like, when he gets his feet moving and he's going, like, he looks really good. And then you, you sit there and you watch that and you just, why can't I get that more often? Like, I need to literally every night, but can I get it more than once every two weeks? Like, you know, but when he does that, he, he really is a, a good player and can make plays and be an important piece for this team. It's just, he still has got to find that consistency and do it more often. And to his credit here over the last couple of weeks, he has played more consistent and better. There's still some turnovers in his game that you like to see um, cleaned up, but you know, I, I think there's been some improvement there, and hopefully that continues to go. And then Olsen's just, you know, he's a guy that for a couple of weeks I'll be like, yeah, they don't, I don't know if they really need him, what they have coming along. And then you see him, you know, it, it, Winnipeg's a perfect example. He's walked on the slop, Hellebuck's having a monster game. He's like, okay, I'll just beat him clean. Like, there's not many players in that league that have that ability, that shot, uh, and it's hard to give that up, to, you know, to move on from that. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, and, and to your point, you know, Coolidge might, you know, make make them get a decision on one of those guys. Uh, Savoy is interesting because next year he's either back to juniors or the NHL based on the rules that are right now, so he can't even go to the minors. So that could be a tough decision. And then don't forget Aishak Rodine, too, is in the AHL. He could be a guy who could push for a roster spot next year as well. So they, they have guys coming. So we'll, we'll kind of see what they decide on, on Middlestad and all of them specifically. Loaded with so much young talent. It has definitely been a, a, an easy time to root for the Sabres with how much young talent they have and how they've really started to establish somewhat of a dominance of drafting and scouting and developing. Hopefully these guys start to turn into something. But, Chad, before you know, I let you go. Picks oh. in the next, um, I was going to say, at least the coming up, upcoming draft, four picks in the first two rounds too. So <laughs> they're going to add to it. Going to keep going. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're not going to be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, but it kind of—it's starting to feel like they—they they really don't need to be. I mean, like teams like Columbus, Philadelphia, Chicago, of course, Anaheim—they feel like they need to be, but it, it feels weird to say like now nah, the Sabers like they're—they've got a ton of good young players. But Chad, before I let you go, and and on the Western Hotline, Chad Dedeminisus of Expected Buffalo Podcast, uh, Chad, the goaltenders. Mm-hmm. I oh, man, how do I want to go with this? So, number one. How do you think this whole three-man rodeo plays out? And number two, has UPL started to establish himself as maybe a co-partner with Devin Levi maybe early on? He's had some tougher-ish performances recently, Mm -hmm. but he's also, when they were winning against Vegas and guys like that, like he was on his head. I I can't totally wrap my head around where UPL sits. But also, how does this whole three-man situation work out? I, I feel like Comrie's the odd man out, but where are you sitting with that? Yeah, it's it's hard. I, I think the first thing first is I think for now, Luke and Andrew guy who plays the majority of the games. Um, the way I kind of put it, I think, the other night uh, is, is a perfect example of a game where you had maybe one or two goals where you're like, oh, man, i got to get saves there. But in the third period, he's making those saves. Like, where after they tied the game, like he made a, a, mm-hmm. a bunch of really nice saves there. And, and what he's doing, the other two guys in here are doing right now, is he's making those saves in big situations when you need them. So he plays the majority of the games for now. You ride that out as long as it goes. 
Lukanen's career has been very up and down to this point. So it really hasn't come down that much yet. I mean, he's not playing where he was out west before the Christmas break, certainly not doing that. But he's still getting the job done and giving them a chance to win. Comrie, um, you know, he's tough because I, I think it's, it, it's been a little bit tough for him here because if we remember, like, if we just kind of go through his season with the Sabres so far, he started off really good out of the gate, particularly when they went out west. He won them probably two of those games at Edmonton and Calgary on his performance, and he was playing well. Uh, and then when they came back and started their eight-game losing streak, some things started to go poorly for him. There was the Arizona game when there was three own goals in the game, and then there was the Vegas game where they decided they weren't going to play any defense, and he got just shelled that entire game. Uh, and then the injury happened, and he was out for about a month, comes back, has that game against, you know, he has to jump in against Seattle, one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, you probably want one or two of those goals back, I mean, at least one of them, like you want to make up. I mean, they're all difficult saves, but they kind of want him to give you one of those to give you a chance in that game. So it, it's hard, you know, and, and Anderson – he has his numbers are good. I think the last couple of games he's been in have been kind of rough, against, especially the Flyers game. I was kind of particularly in, you know, surprised that he came out for the first period because I thought a couple of those goals were weak. Maybe even all four of them were pretty, pretty rough. But the thing with him is that you can, you know, at his age, 41 years old, he can only play what once every 10 days. Maybe is kind of mm-hmm. what it seems like. So. I just I feel like and I understand people like Camarino. You know, he's not playing as well as you hoped, and but it's only been 12 games. They just gave him a contract in the offseason. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think realistically, they need to figure out what they have in Camarino because they need to know next season if they can do Lukanen and Camarino. And think, if yeah, they, yeah, that that's the interesting part is like you need to know where Camarino's at because yeah. Anderson, to me, that's who. It's tough if you take the whole like person out of the scenario Anderson's like the easy well you move off of you know the the 49 year old or you know, you know not yeah, that but yeah. you know you move off of him but it's just I don't think they'll do him dirty they're, they're gonna keep him they keep the promise and it's just it, it they found themselves in a very weird situation but I mean kind of like you pointed out like none of them have really like established themselves as like the clear-cut yeah. guy like Lukanen probably will be yeah, but, for now, he's playing yeah. the best, but he's not running away with it. Right? Exactly, he's not running away with it. Chad, before I let you go, what do you got coming up, man? I, you know, where can the people find you? What they got going on? The Sabers maybe in a little bit of a playoff race. People got to get people got to get over to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Anthony. And I were just talking about that. This is the first year I think both of us covering the team. They've, they've legitimately bet in some kind of race this late in the season. Uh, so we're used to covering bad teams, but not like mediocre to good teams. So we're, we're, we're trying to learn here in the flow, but. Uh, yeah, so we have our podcast, Expected Buffalo, um, the podcast, which we do weekly. That goes out anywhere you listen to a podcast. You'll find that there. Uh, and then on the site itself, yeah, I mean, we'll just keep pumping out, you know, the content on what's going on. Anthony had a really cool article this week, actually, on the bottom pair defensemen. Um, some really intriguing numbers in there, especially he landed up against teams you're chasing in the playoff race. So I'd recommend people checking that out. And then if you're a lacrosse person, too, um, we do cover Bandits and Rochester Nighthawks. You know, Eddie's our, our lacrosse guy. So if you're a lacrosse guy, too, it's not all hockey. We do have some indoor lacrosse stuff up there, too. Very nice, very nice. Chad, man, thank you so much for joining me on your Saturday, your weekend off, or you know, just hanging out with me in the middle of the day. Enjoy your wildcard weekend and enjoy the Sabres game tonight, man. Thank you for, again for coming on. All right, thanks. Anytime.
That was Chad Edmonsis of Expected Buffalo. The Sabres, again, they go up against the Nashville Predators tonight at 8. They are in Nashville. Pre-game will start at 7, and you can find both of those here on WGR. We're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll flip it back over to football. We do have two games today to get the Wild Card Weekend set up. San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks and the Chargers versus the Jaguars. We'll dive a little bit deeper into those games as we finish up the show. we got about a half hour left here. We're still taking your calls at 803 50 as well. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Nick here has a day off. I'm Zach Jones and this is WGR. New WGR apparel has dropped at WGR550shop.com. Shop for t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more. Get your hands on a Sal Capaccio song t-shirt at WGR550shop.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.